I believe that the Holy Spirit empowers us to see this world the way Jesus sees it. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going through a series on the Holy Spirit. So, get ready to follow along in your Bible as we join Pastor Mike. If you have your Bible, I'd like to invite you to open them to the book of Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. You know, we um, uh, last week we looked at the command that Jesus gave to wait until the Holy Spirit was to come. And you know, when we are obedient to what God says, we'll find the rewards and the power that we need for our lives each and every day as we live for Christ. And so Jesus instructs his disciples to go. He had a gift for them. Now again, gifts are given at a particular place, aren't they? In other words, if you're going to get a a gift from your parents uh, at Christmas, you're usually either at their house or they sent you one and it's under the tree. If you're going to get a birthday present, that usually means you're going to get a present on what? Your birthday, okay? There's a place in which God does his work. Well, one of the things we find in the scripture, Jesus said to go and wait and there in the upper room, There on that Pentecost Sunday, which was seven weeks after Jesus rose from the dead, the Holy Spirit came in a powerful way. Why was that important? Because Jesus said to them, he said, you're going to be witnesses for me throughout the whole world. First Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. Now we talked about this before. The word witness really is the word uh, for the word martyr. And, and so they were going to be martyrs. Jesus knew that to live the Christian life, we need to be supernaturally supercharged. I like that. Because we'll never do anything by just existing. God wants us to step out in faith. It's like uh, Peter, when he saw Jesus walking on the stormy seas. He said, Lord, if that's really you, bid me to come out there and, and get in the water with you. And so Jesus said, come on. He climbs out of the boat, starts walking. I think he probably realized, I can't do this. He was 100% right and began to sink. Now, Jesus reached out, pulled him back up, and he goes on to record for many of us to recognize that Peter was the one that got out of the boat and sank. However, he was the only one other than Jesus we find recorded for us in Scripture that walked on the water, even for a short time, as Jesus did. What an experience that had to be. Now, in Acts chapter 2, this is where we find that the day of Pentecost had fully come. It was an Old Testament 
feast in which it was the uh, it was the time of first fruits and grain offering. They would wave the offerings before the Lord and they'd bring them into the temple. And so God had a first fruits for all of us as well. He had a wave offering, if you will. Now, again, the Old Testament feasts are simply fulfilled in the New Testament in Jesus Christ. So, again, as we look at Passover, for instance, which to this day the Jewish community holds in high regard, but really it was speaking of Jesus Christ. And that when that blood of Jesus was shed on the, the door of our heart, that death angel passed over. Well, we find that all of these are fulfilled. And so we find in verse 1 of chapter 2, Now when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were in accord in one place. Now Pentecost speaks of 50. Penta is 5. And they, they were there. Now, again, what's interesting, Jesus rose on Sunday. 50 days later, we have Pentecost Sunday. Something weird in the Bible with the number 7 or 70. You'll find it all the way through the Bible in these different times that it shows up that seven weeks after Jesus rose from the dead, we find the imparting of the power of God to believers. Uh, Most of you know that next month on the 14th of of, uh, May... Israel celebrates its 70th birthday. I do believe that we will see some things this year based upon that. Now, God is not held by any set of numbers or numerology, but following the pattern of God through the Bible, I believe you're going to see some pretty interesting things beginning and after Israel turns 70 years old. And again, because of the basis that we find in the rest of the scripture for that. So we find here as we look, he says that they were in one place literally seven weeks after Jesus rose from the dead. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Now it doesn't say that there was wind. It says there was a sound like wind. Now this is when the Holy Spirit was imparted to the believers. And something, friends, I believe is really important. God is in the miracle working business. I've had people ask me, well, why was the Bible so filled with all kinds of miracles and today we don't see anything? It's because you're not looking. God is still in the miracle working business, whether it was back then or today. But the thing is, I think people aren't tuned in to see what God's doing. What is one thing going on in your life today where you need the power of God in your life? Well, I do believe that the Holy Spirit fills us for a reason. It's not just, and I shared this last week, to flex our muscles and to show how great and how powerful we are, but that we actually put feet to our faith and see what God's going to do. And so he says, there suddenly came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now, uh, this word wind is, is uh, uh, ruah. Uh, and, and we find that this sound of God, this wind came into this place where they were all gathered together. 
And notice it says, there appeared to them divided tongues as fire, as one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, this is an interesting thing because as we're going to read on here, what these tongues are. Now, there's a lot of discussion about tongues in the church today. A lot of church divisions have happened over tongues in the church. And so we want to look at that. What is that? And is it important? Now, uh, we find here that the Holy Spirit's been doing great things from the beginning of time. Uh, whether we look at the original creation of Adam and Eve in the garden, we look at all the supernatural uh, uh, miracles that happened at the hand of Moses and Elijah and Elisha and the other prophets. God has been in the miracle working business since the very beginning. And I think that's really important because of a couple reasons. One, the miracles did not cease with the apostles. God is still in the miracle working business today. If you're a Christian here today, God has that power for you. It wasn't for just certain people at certain times as it was in the Old Testament, but now it's for everybody what God will do in your life. God has a different gift for every person. And I believe that sometimes we'll find several of those gifts in a congregation, and that's a good thing. But God has a gift to empower us to be about our Father's business. In other words, to drive you beyond what you are physically capable of. Whether it be strength, whether it be insight, whether it be inspiration, whether it be love. Because, friends, we're all finite individuals. What I mean by that is we run out. We run on empty. You know, you, you, there was a song years ago on the radio, Running on Empty. Well, I think that's the way most everybody in the world is. Unfortunately, it's the way a lot of Christians are. They're running on empty. Well, does God want us to run that way? No. In fact, the Bible says we're to run because we're going to win. And because we're going to win, God inspires us to do that, to go beyond what our normal capabilities are doing. Now, I believe that all of us as Christians can be gifted and are gifted in different areas naturally. Some people just have a real artistic ability. They can, they can pick up a paintbrush and without sometimes even a lesson, paint a mural. And it's awesome. And it's, I don't know how they do that. You look at sometimes the, the people that draw the little cartoons, the Peanuts cartoons, you know. And the guy sits down, he makes a circle and then a little nose and a face. And all of a sudden, oh, that's Charlie Brown. How do they do that? I don't know. They like they see it before they even write it, and all they do is fill in the lines. Some people are just gifted magicians, uh, musicians. They, they can just pick up a guitar, and they, they can play it. Uh, uh, you know, people have asked me, what instrument do you play? And I go, the radio. I mean, I, I'm not a musician. So the thing is, is that when we realize... There are natural gifts that God gives us. And I think those can be used for the kingdom of heaven in a wonderful, great way. But then we also find supernatural gifts that go beyond our natural abilities that God will give us if we ask him to fill us with his Holy Spirit. Jesus said, you being of the world, you being evil, he actually said, know how to give your children good gifts. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Now, the question is, have we asked? 
And I believe not only asking once, but asking again so that I don't let that gift of God set in my life. Now, the Bible says to remember Paul is writing to Timothy and he says, stir up the gift that was given to you by the laying on of hands by the church. So the thing is, I can be gifted, you can be gifted as a Christian, but you can have your, your car in, in, in neutral or in park and not be using what God's given you. Now the thing is, is that sometimes when we look at these, these verses in the Bible, we always think they're talking about somebody else and not about us. God has good gifts for those that love him. If you're a born-again Christian listening to this today, God's got something new he wants to do in your life. God, the number one thing that I found God will do in our lives is he kicks out the end of the coffin and, and, and because we can get ourselves in ruts really easy. And so we just end up paralyzed in our spiritual relationship. You are who give the Bible a voice. You are who give the Bible feet and hands. And so because of that, God empowers us to do certain things. Now, what is a gift? A gift is something that someone gives you without any strings attached, okay? Otherwise, it'd be a paycheck. Well, I worked real hard, and I got this, and therefore, uh, I worked hard all week, and here's my paycheck. That is not a gift, friends. That is called wages. Big difference. But a gift is something that you didn't do anything for, yet you have it, because God has given it to you. Now, first we find the gift of salvation. What did we do to earn salvation? Well, I got out there and I did a lot of really spiritual things, you know. Sold some flowers in airports, you know. Wore green on uh, environmental day. Drive a Prius. I do drive one. Okay, I'm sorry. But the point is, is that we sometimes think that because I did something makes me entitled to get something. The Bible tells us that God so loved the world, whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. God gave you and me eternal life. What did I do to earn it? Nothing. I just said, okay. <laughs> That's great. That's good. They came to Jesus. What must we do to pertain to things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And Jesus said, believe that the Father has sent me. The only thing I have to do to receive the gift of eternal life is, as the Bible says, to repent, which means you're, you're giving up the way you used to live and receive what Jesus Christ has done for you as your Savior. So that's pretty simple, friends, really, when you think about it. We, we just simply receive what God has for us. Well, the Bible talks about the gift of the Holy Spirit. What's that about? You simply receive it the same way. You ask, you believe, and God initiates it in your life. Now, here's a couple of things that I think are really important about the power of the Holy Spirit. What will I expect if I'm spirit-filled? It's really weird. Uh, and I'm, you know, there, there's things sometimes that, that, as I read, I don't completely get, and I've been praying about it. But in the book of Acts, we remember that there was a, a guy named Simon the Sorcerer. And he was a magician. He, he, he uh, 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 made his living by sleight of hand. 
you know, you see uh, Chris Angel and some of these other ones that uh, are on TV sometimes and they make submarines appear on the stage and or they'll make a whole army tank disappear and all these different things. How do they do that? Well, oftentimes, in fact, they even uh, some of these uh, uh, if you go into some of the department stores, they'll have these little magic kits that you buy and you will buy and then inside it will tell you or, or give you the the um, modified deck of cards or the modified uh, vase or whatever it is, and you'll buy the trick. You'll buy their information. You'll buy how to, to do the sleight of hand or to deceive the person that you're watching. Well, the thing is, Simon the sorcerer went to Peter after Peter did a notable miracle and said, I want to buy this, uh, uh, this gift from you. I want to buy this. How do I buy this? And Peter said, your money perishes with you. Um, And when we look at that, because he thought that the gift of the Holy Spirit, because he said, your heart is not right with God, thinking that you could buy the gift or the power of God. Now, here's the question. What did Simon the sorcerer see that Peter and the other disciples were doing that was so dynamic, so important, so incredible that he tried to buy it? Was it just, well, I pray for you, brother, and in Jesus' name, amen, and you're being filled with the Spirit. I don't think Simon the sorcerer would have been trying to buy that kind of an understanding. I think what Simon the sorcerer was looking for was the dynamic power of God that he saw. And I don't know exactly how the Holy Spirit will manifest in your life, but Paul tells us in Corinthians chapter 12 that some people have one gift, some have another gift, but all in all, it's to work together that is, in fact, it would be like Jesus Christ being in the church because we have all the different gifts. The gift of healing, which, as I shared earlier with one of the brothers in church, and the word of knowledge, and some of the things that we have to be mindful of. There's a lot of things going on that make, first of all, a family a family, or a church a church. And second of all, you have to have it driven by the Holy Spirit, not by man's organization. A lot of people think that if a church is working well, or or everything, because we're following a set of rules... But rather, if we really look at what the Bible has to say, it works because the Holy Spirit is in charge and he's the one, he's the orchestrator, if you will, of what's going on in the body. God wants you to be spirit-filled. God wants you to be empowered. God wants to give you a gift. You know, I believe that a lot of times as we live our lives as Christians, we run on empty. As I said earlier, God wants to fill you up with his Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Well, I just come out of church going, zingo! Is that what it is? That we got a buzz on? No. I believe that the Holy Spirit empowers us to see this world the way Jesus sees it. 
that's one of the things the Holy Spirit does when we become born again. But the thing is, I need to continue to see that. Otherwise, I, you, we will be ineffective in reaching this world for Christ. Why? We'll settle for a status quo. In other words, all things remain as they are. I'm part of that the way they are. And so we'll just sit on and shut up. No, no, no. That isn't what God wants us to do. We see it the way God sees it. What do we see when we see the world? Well, there's a lot of things. You know, um, um, when you look at the newspaper, when I look at the newspaper, I look at all the things going on in the world right now. I think, I think a lot of people go, oh, it's just too much of a headache. I don't even, I don't even listen to the news. Well, I, I got to tell you, based upon what we do know of our uh, American news media, maybe not so bad. <laughs> That's pretty corrupted. But here's the point. We know something is going on. We see the issues around the world. I don't care whether you look at North Korea or you look at the Middle East or you look at Russia or you look at Europe. There are things going on in our world daily. Now, it isn't that they just go on because they're always going to go on. But as the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, we begin to see life through God's eyes rather than our own eyes. See, if we don't see it through God's eyes, it'll cause a couple of things. One, we'll get distracted if we don't see it through God's eyes. And here's why. Because we'll major on the minor, minor on the majors. But when we see it through God's eyes, I believe we begin to see it for what it is. When we look at people, oh, people just drive me nuts. I'd go to church, but I just around all those people. Yes, that's the point. We're here because we're ministers. You are God's hands. You are God's feet. You are God's voice to people. Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening, and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.